magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIPC. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. We're thrilled that you're with us. Hope, you, hope you're enjoying your Saturday afternoon. Uh, I certainly have been. I uh, I thought it was an absolutely beautiful day earlier. Sunny, uh, 70s forecast, low 80s. Uh, so I uh, I rode the Harley to the office, get some work done, get ready for radio. Rode the Harley downtown and, of course with a forecast of mostly sunny and 0% chance of rain, which is what I saw, uh, I got rained on my <laughs> way into downtown. <laughs> Something that never makes me happy on the Harley, but hey, that's all right. It was pretty light, and uh, and hopefully that'll be all cleared up by 7 or so uh, for my ride home. But we hope you're having a great afternoon, and we have a lot to talk about, as we always do. You know, I, I've had folks ask me all this week, you know, friends of mine, uh, listeners, and whether it's uh, in personal conversations or on social media or whatnot, that a lot of people have said, man, guy, you're spending a lot of time on social media. You're spending a lot of time on the radio talking about the Indy mayor's race and talking about being upset over the fact that both uh, Joe Hogsett, and no surprise here, But Joe Hogsett is proposing gun control as part of his so-called public safety plan. But what came as much more of a surprise, the Republican candidate for mayor in Indianapolis, Jefferson Shreve, came out and for the most part just copied Joe Hogsett's gun control plan and made it part of his plan. Also his quote-unquote public safety plan. And, yeah, I've been upset about that. I've been talking a lot about it. I've been talking a lot about it on the radio and a lot on social media. And so I've had people ask me, you know, guy, you don't live in Indy, which is true. I, I don't. I live in Zionsville. Uh, my office is in Carmel. I grew up in Carmel. I was actually born. It's always fun to, to talk about this with uh, Jason Hammer, whether I'm subbing for uh, for Nigel or whether uh, I'm down here for Monday gun day. Hope you always tune into that, by the way, 3.35 every Monday on Hammer and Nigel. Uh, Monday gun day where I come in. But anyway, I've talked to Jason a lot about it. You know, Jason's a Beach Grove guy. Well, I was born in St. Francis Hospital in Beach Grove. Uh, so I was born in Indy. But anyway, I, my family moved to Carmel when I was very young. Uh, I went all the way, you know, from like kindergarten through school through high school in Carmel, and and um, now I live in Zionsville. 
My office is in Carmel, though. Some people say, man, you know, you live in Zionsville. Office in Carmel. Why do you care so much about the mayor's race in Indy? I got a number of, of answers for that. And I'm going to talk more about that race uh, throughout this show. And by the way, I really want to get your comments on that particular issue. And let, let's let's keep pretty focused with the calls this week. Uh, let's talk about the mayor's race. I'm going to talk about the controversy over Jason Aldean's number one country single right now that's actually getting pulled from a lot of radio stations, got pulled from country music television. It's called Try That in a Small Town. In fact, we're going to play parts of that song for our bumper music for the rest of the show, next two hours. I'm going to talk a lot about that song and what it means to me, how it's being portrayed, how the woke crowd is trying to cancel Jason Aldean over that show. I'm going to talk, more a lot, uh, I'm talk a lot more about that throughout the show. But talking about the Indy Mayor's race, here's why I'm talking so much about that. Here's why I've posted so much about it. You go to my Twitter. By the way, I'm still really trying to build my Twitter following. Uh, go to Twitter. It's at Guy Relford. It's just my name. Give me a follow. I've been very, very active on there lately. I'm going to be more and more active going forward. Also on Facebook. And I've posted a lot about the Indy Mayor's race. I've talked about it a lot on the show last week. I've talked a lot about it with Hammer and Nigel. And here's why I'm, 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 I'm so, I started to say upset. Upset's not the right word. I'm pissed. I'm angry. I'm mad about the Indy mayor's race because we have a completely incompetent Democrat incumbent mayor in Joe Hogson. And he's running the city into the ground. And listen, yeah, I was born here. I was raised on the north side. I've been coming downtown my whole life. I, my first job. Uh, while I was in law school, was as a law clerk working for a, a tiny little law firm on Delaware Street. My first job as an attorney was for a larger law firm at the corner of Pennsylvania and Ohio. Back then, we called it the Indiana National Bank Building. And I worked down here for years. Most of my cases that I'm involved with as an attorney are in Marion County. I've spent uncountable hours in the city county building, now the new Marion County Criminal Justice Center. I'm down here. I work right here. Where am I broadcasting from right now? 40 Monument Circle in the heart of Indianapolis. So I'm an indie guy. I don't live here and I don't vote here. But this is where I spend my professional time. This is where my focus is. And the city means a lot to me. The city means a lot to me. I have... Memories that I'll take with me to my grave about coming down here as a little bitty kid and, 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 and my, my parents showing me the, the windows that airs and blocks. It's going to take some old people to remember this. And they had these really rudimentary, I mean, compared to what's at Disney and Universal and, and other places now as far as what, what do they call it, animatronics or robotics, whatever you want to call it. They had some really basic little animatronics where – you know, somebody's like lighting a candle or a kid's opening a, a you know, a, a package of these little, you know, kind of rudimentary displays, but they were magical with snow falling. That was what Christmas was all about. I mean, Indy's where my heart is. And the city means a lot to me. And I've been really upset that for the last eight years plus, we've had Joe Hogs running into the dirt. The, the amount of homelessness, the amount of crime, 
the fact that IMPD wasn't allowed to do its job in the summer of 2020. And we saw huge segments of downtown destroyed, burnt, windows broken, in what I'm sure people would call mostly peaceful protests. People were murdered. People were killed right in downtown Indy during those protests. A lot of it unfolded right below the windows of this studio. And largely because IMPD wasn't allowed to do its job by the Hogshead administration. Oh, no, we can't. We can't stand in the way of these mostly peaceful protesters who are burning buildings, who are are looting businesses. I'm appalled by that. I'm appalled that I got to walk around a crazy guy urinating on Monument Circle. I got to take a wide circle around him so as to not soil my shoes as he's screaming profanities at who knows what. And if you come downtown, that's not a rare occurrence. It's not just people passed out. It's people walking up to you aggressively panhandling. You've heard the story. Some dude threatened to dust me, kill me, beat me up, whatever, if I didn't give him money. As I was walking in the studio to do Hammer and Nigel's show. I just say a little prayer. Please, God, don't make me shoot this guy. And that's on Monument Circle. It's obscene. It's not the way Indianapolis has ever been before Joe Hogsett, and it's not the way it should be now. So I was actually, and this is so ironic now, I was actually excited about Jefferson Shreve. If for no other reason, then the guy's got a lot of money. And he was, quote, unquote, you got to put this in quotes now, a Republican. So the guy's got all kinds of money. He sold his business, which, by the way, he deserves credit for. He built this business up himself. He is a self-made millionaire. Who knows? He may be a billionaire now. He may very likely be a billionaire because he he, he built up this business, Storage Express, and sold it for a reported $590 million. So depending on how much money he had in the bank from running a very successful business before that, he could easily be a billionaire for all I know. I do not know. I know he's got at least $590 because that's what he sold his business for. So he's got an incredible amount of money. He's got what we call screw you money. And so you got a well-funded guy for once because the Republican Party in the state of Indiana has largely ignored Marion County and Indianapolis. So we can't rely on the Republican apparatchik to come in and support a candidate here in Mary County. So this guy can sell funds. I'm excited about that. We got a chance to displace Joe Hogsett and get this city back on the right course. And listen, if I if I lived in Indy, I would have voted for Abdul in the primary just because I like Abdul, I respect Abdul, and I like his politics. But Jefferson Shreve was the forerunner, and... No one was surprised when he won. So I'm like, okay, game on. And then what happened? Then what happened? After the primary, and this is so huge, after the primary, we have we have Jefferson Shreve really release his real plans on how he's going to get elected. We're a little past the quarter hours, time to take a break. We'll come back. I'll revisit 
his real plan on how he's going to get elected, that is candidate Jefferson Shreve, and what's happened this week? What's happened with me? What was the dialogue on social media as between me personally and Jefferson Shreve's quote-unquote chief strategist, what some people are calling his campaign manager, I don't know if that's his title or not, but he's, he's been described multiple times in the media as his chief strategist, a guy named Mark Lubbers. He and I have had a whole bunch of interaction on social media. We've had a little in-your-face conversation on, on Twitter in particular. What do we have to say? What, what does that bear out about the Shreve campaign? And a nice little political historical nugget that I dug up myself. You see anybody else reporting on this, they need to give me credit because I was the one to break this. I was the one to report it. I'll talk to you about exactly what that is when we come back. Right now we're taking a break. We'll come back uh, on the Gun Guy Show in just a bit. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Second to none on the Second Amendment. This is the Gun Guy with Guy Ralford on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Ralford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. If you think that uh, music sounds a little different, I, I don't play much country music here on the Gun Guy Show. Uh, producer Carl and I. Usually playing some of that kind of Joe Bonamassa a lot, you know, bluesy rock and roll kind of stuff. But there's a big controversy over that song that you just heard, what I think are the most important lyrics that are creating a lot of the controversy. And we'll talk more about that here later in the show. And we're going to be playing, you know, bits and pieces of that as bumper music, we call it, when we come back from breaks. But let's talk more about this race and, and why I'm invested in this. And that is, I was all ready to be all in on Jefferson Shreve. I can't personally vote for him because I don't live in this county. But I was all in to support him and 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 all in to see if we couldn't displace Joe Hogsett, who I think has just been a disaster for this city. And you know, people say, oh, that's your opinion. You know what? Walk around downtown Indianapolis. And anybody who's been doing that, like I have, for 40 years, I just hit my 40-year anniversary of being a lawyer. And where did I get sworn in? Right downtown Indianapolis. Where's my first job as a lawyer? Right downtown. Where's the vast majority of my cases? Right downtown. This is where I work. It's where I broadcast my radio show, show from the last nine years. I'm down here. I see it. I experience it. I live it. And Indy, has, it's not just the murder numbers. Yeah, we're setting multiple records every year, although... They were down some after we passed constitutional carry last year. But we set records pretty much every year in Marion County. And that's that's been a trend. It's been a trend in fairness before Joe Hogs it, but it's sure as hell been a continuing trend under him. And so I was excited about Jefferson Street. So here we go. Now we're getting into it. It's July. We've got an election in November. We're past the primary. And what does Jefferson Shreve do? He comes out, and the cornerstone of his campaign strategy is to release his public safety plan, which includes more than just this, in fairness, too. It's more than just gun control. 
he wants to appoint a public safety director. Because remember Joe Hogsett when he ran the the first time. So I'm going to be my own public safety director. I'm going to take ownership for fighting crime in, in, in Indianapolis. And and I'm going to take char- charge of this, and I'm going to get the job done. Well, he hasn't done that. It's done exactly the opposite. So Shreve says he's he's going to appoint someone who's going to be a professional who doesn't have to also perform all the other responsibilities of a mayor and can focus on public safety. Okay, that's good. There are other things. He's going to add cops. Great. And there are other things that he could use to separate himself from Joe Hawks. But what's the centerpiece and what's getting all the attention? The fact that his his public safety plan simply regurgitates, emulates, copies Joe Hawks' gun control plan, which is to so, you know, quote unquote, ban assault weapons. Raise the minimum age to buy any gun in Marion County to 21. Well, you already have to be 21 to buy a pistol from a gun dealer. So really, this only impacts rifles and shotguns. And also to repeal constitutional carry. I spent 10 years. Maybe this is why I'm so ticked off about this. I spent 10 years getting constitutional carry passed. We got it done last year because it's the right thing to do. Because criminals don't care about a permit or a license. You think some criminal who's a drug dealer, who's about to murder his rival drug dealer, is going to go, oh, wait, I shouldn't carry my gun because I don't have a license. Of course not. They don't care. They never have cared. Ask any cop. You think criminals will stop carrying guns if they don't have a license? Oh, please. They'll laugh at you to your face. So the rest of us who are law-abiding citizens shouldn't have to pay a fee, or even now that lifetime licenses are free, we shouldn't have to go beg permission from the government to exercise a right we already have that's guaranteed to us both in the Second Amendment and Article 1, Section 32 of the Indiana Constitution. If I'm already guaranteed a right, why do I, go ha- why do I have to go ask the government for permission to exercise it? That's what constitutional carry is all about. But it only applies to law-abiding citizens. If you're a prohibited possessor, if you're a felon, you can't carry under constitutional carry. If you're a law-abiding citizen, you can. If you're a domestic batterer, you can't carry under constitutional carry. If you're under a domestic violence order of protection, you can't carry under constitutional carry. If you're an illegal alien, you can't carry under constitutional carry. If you're not a person who's eligible... To legally possess a firearm under both state and federal law, constitutional carry does nothing for you. But we're gonna we're gonna battle crime, according to Jefferson Shreve and Joe Hogsett, by repealing constitutional carry. Does that make any damn sense? So it makes me mad. It, but it makes me mad because of the the bottom line is this: the laws he's talking about the ability to walk into a gun store and buy a a rifle or a shotgun at 18, 19, or 20. By the way, we're going to ban so-called assault weapons. I want to go into a gun store. I want to buy an AR-15. I want to start competing in three-gun. Three-gun, rifle, shotgun, pistol. What does everybody use in three-gun? AR-15. I want to start competing 
I want to go buy. No, no, I, I can't do that. Well, who can legally walk into a gun store and buy an AR-15 today? A law-abiding citizen who can pass the background check. Every element of this so-called public safety plan in terms of the gun control elements of it only apply to law-abiding citizens. So he's saying that law-abiding citizens having these legal rights right now in Indianapolis is the cause of the violence in Indianapolis? Not only is that ludicrous, is placing blame on the law-abiding citizen rather than the damn criminals who are getting turned loose by the criminal justice system left and right. The people who are out on ankle monitors, even though they're awaiting trial on violent felonies. It's ignoring the problem and placing the blame at the feet of law-abiding citizens. That is not okay. That makes me angry. And you know what makes me more angry? That it's coming from a Republican. I expect it from Joe Hogsett, because he's responsible for the horrific downward trend of this city over the last eight years. So he's got to deflect from that. He's, he's got to get your attention somewhere else. Well, I know. It's all about the guns. We need to pass gun control. That'll fix it. I expect Joe Hogg said he's deflecting. He's trying to avoid responsibility. Why on God's earth, if you're running for mayor against Joe Hogsett, do you give him a free pass on his biggest vulnerability and buy in, endorse his theory that it's about the guns and it's about the law-abiding citizens. Not only is that stupid, but it's blaming the law-abiding citizen rather than the criminals. And while it made me angry coming from Joe Hogsett, it sets me off when it comes from a Republican like Jefferson Shreve. That's why I've been invested, and I'll have a lot more to say about that, including this back and forth between me and his Chief strategist, that's the official title that I've seen released by the Shreve campaign, so we'll stick with that. That is a guy named Mark Lubbers, and a really interesting historical fact about him. We'll be right back. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it, but make sure you join us live at WIBC.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in central Indiana for The Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7. The show about gun rights, gun safety, and responsible gun ownership. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIPC. Welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. We've got Jason Aldean playing there as bumper music. And what's he talking about? He's talking about the fact that people who are lawless, people that are criminals, people that commit crimes, people who do things like it. Right at the opening of the song, he talks about someone who would sucker punch someone on the sidewalk. And that's right. That's taken right out of the videos. We've all seen it. I saw it. An elderly Asian lady in New York just walking down the street, get punched in the face, sucker punched, knocked unconscious, hospitalized. Says carjack an old lady at a red light or 
pull a gun on a man in a liquor store. I mean, that, that, those are all real events. And he's saying, you know what, try that in a small town. What's he saying? He's saying, you know what, there are citizens there who will stand up to that and protect their community. And that's now got the liberals all fired up. It's racist. It's racist. Anyway, I'll get back to that. I'll talk a lot more about that. So let's get back to Indy Mayor's race. So I've been very vocal. I've been very vocal on the Hammer and Nigel show. I've been very vocal here on my show talking about how disappointed I am and angry I am that we have a Republican come out and join the bandwagon. And again, what's so insulting, because that's what it is. It's insulting. This is what the Shreve campaign doesn't get. Literally not smart enough to understand. Is there Republican voters in this county? Are going to be offended that it's a law-abiding citizen who's getting blamed for crime rather than the criminals. Because that's what this gun control policy says. And that's offensive. It's got a lot of people upset. So this week, again, I've been real vocal on social media. And at one point, I, I, I retweeted a picture that Hammer and Nigel tweeted and it was the fact that a listener had taken a sign, a good-sized sign, and I'd say, I don't know, three feet by two feet, something like that. And it was a Jefferson Shreve campaign sign. And he took it and he ripped it up, put it on his hardwood floor, and took a picture of it. And he sent it to Hammer and Nigel and said, here's my reaction. I was a Shreve supporter. I heard his gun control proposal. I was so incensed, I ripped up his sign, and now I will not vote for him. And so I retweeted it and said, yeah, look look what a listener sent to Hammer and Nigel. And I said, I don't know if Shreve and his idiot advisors are getting the message yet, but voters are sure trying to send the message that they're upset about these gun control policies. And that was out there, and, you know, I, I had likes and retweets and whatnot. And all of a sudden, I get a reply to my tweet from a guy named Mark Lubbers. Who's Mark Lubbers? Mark Lubbers is, again, this chief strategist for the Jefferson Shreve campaign. And Mark Lubbers says, this is paraphrasing, that was a business card, not a sign, but like everything on this channel, I don't know if he's talking about channel, if he's talking about my Twitter feed or he's talking about WIBC, I don't know. But he, like everything on this channel, it's exaggerated for effect. And I look at this and I'm like, okay, it's interesting that the Shreve campaign chief strategist is engaging me directly on social media. But I guess not too surprising because the guy had called me out in an article on a blog uh, from a, a group called Importantville. I don't know who these folks are, but he 
had responded to my criticism of the Shreve gun control campaign by talking about, oh, Relford and his ilk preach their gun religion from the gated communities of Carmel. What? I don't live in a gated community. I don't live in Carmel. I sure as hell don't live in a gated community. I live in a three-bedroom, one-story house. I love my house. Don't get me wrong. I built it 23 years ago. But it's not a big house, and it's sure as hell not in a gated community. So same guy now comes after me on social media, and he wants to nitpick me saying I was a business card, not, not a yard sign. First of all, does that make any difference? If a voter supported you and now doesn't support you anymore, and they demonstrate that by ripping up a business card or a yard sign, does that really change the message that you ought to be receiving, Mark Lovers, Jefferson Shreve? Well, of course it doesn't. But oh, by the way, not long after that, the guy who sent it to Hammer and Nigel sends me a message and says, that was a sign. It was a sign I got actually at the victory celebration after Jefferson Shreve won the primary. And they had a victory celebration down, off downtown in Fountain Square. And, there are, and he's down there and he's supporting Jefferson Shreve and he gets handed this sign as part of his enthusiasm for Jefferson Shreve having won the primary and is now going to go out and take on Joe Hogsett. So he's a supporter. He's a sure vote. Until the Shreve gun control policy comes out. So I lay all this out from this Mark Lepper's guy, but then I said, by the way, let's don't debate these ridiculous things here. Come on the show. Bring Jefferson on. And I have a very basic question for you. I want you to come on. You can say whatever. You're upset about anything that I've said on social media or on the air. Come on the show. I said, I'll give you both microphones, two on one. One little old guy, Relford, sitting over here, and you can have each a microphone. And by the way, open invitation. I know somebody from the Shreve campaign's listening. Give you each a microphone, live microphone, live radio, two on one, come in. But here's a question I want you to answer. Because under the Indiana Constitution, all the city of Indianapolis can do is pass an ordinance. They can't pass a law that puts people in jail. So on this assault weapon ban, quote unquote, on raising the age to buy a gun, on repealing constitutional carry, where if you don't have a license and you're carrying a handgun in Indiana, you would violate this new law. city of Indianapolis can't pass a criminal statute that puts you in jail. They can't do it under the Indiana Constitution. Only the state can do that. Or the federal government, obviously. So all the city can do is pass an ordinance. What do you get if you violate an ordinance? You get fined. A fine. So I said, here's my question. Mark Lubbers, chief strategist for the Jefferson Shreve campaign, and bring old Jeffy in. Put his butt in a chair right in the studio. Give him a microphone live. Here's the question I, I, want, I want to get an answer from you guys on. How do you support the idea? How confident are you that a violent criminal who's otherwise inclined to commit a violent crime in Marion County, and for that is not afraid of the death penalty for committing a murder with aggravating circumstances for multiple decades in prison, 
by committing a violent crime, like murder or rape. He's not afraid of decades in prison. He's not afraid of dying in a shootout with his fellow bad guys or with police. None of that phases him. He's willing to commit this violent crime, but is going to give up his violent ways because you, Jefferson Shreve, are going to fine him? Fine him. Doesn't care about life in prison or the death penalty. He's worried about a fine for violating an ordinance. That's your theory? Come on now on the Gun Guy Show and explain that one. What did I get after that? Crickets. Crickets and more crickets. We're way late going into this break. We always are. Carl's rolling his eyes at me. We'll take, we'll take a break. We'll come back in a bit. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Your rights. Your responsibilities, your guns. This is the Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIPC. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going round up. Well, that might fly in the city. Good luck. Try that in a small town. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford. The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIPC. That bumper music you hear in there is Jason Aldean. Try that in a small town. Talking about how you see a lot of violence in a lot of places, oh, say, like Indianapolis, particularly Joe Hawksett's Indianapolis. And, and, and the whole theme of the song is try that in a small town. You know what? We look out for each other. We look out for our community. You're not going to get by with that in a small town. And again, it's the number one country song in the country. At the same time, it's been pulled off of country music television because the song and, and Jason Aldean are being accused of being racist. We'll talk more about that later in the show. And we've got just a very short segment here. But the the other question that if Jefferson Shreve were to come in here, and obviously he's not, I, I keep throwing the invitation out there. When he first put his public policy plan out, before I got nearly as aggressive in criticizing him as I've been, I went to his website, went to the media contacts, said, hey, I'd love to have Jefferson on, on my show. I didn't get so much as the courtesy of a response. However, he's apparently coming on Rob Kendall's show on Wednesday. And listen, I, I don't often listen to Rob, in fact, pretty much never, because that's in the middle of my work morning. I'm busy. I'm doing the things I need to do to make a living. So I don't hear Rob uh, and don't listen to Rob. But but I'd be fascinated if we can get an answer to that question. But here's the other question I would like answered, which is, how do you get votes away from Joe Hawks? Most of the elections here in Marion County, it's been about 40% Republican, 60% Democrat. So you got to bridge that gap. How are you going to take votes away from Joe Hogsett when you've just become another Joe Hogsett? I mean, if somebody likes Joe Hogsett's gun control policies, they're going to vote for Joe Hogsett. Just because you have the same policies, they're going to go, oh, wow, I like it coming out of that guy's mouth more than Joe Hogsett's. But the other is, how are you going to make up for the people you lose because your base is pissed off? That's what I'd like for Rob to ask, and I'd like to hear an answer. Right now, we're coming up on the top of the hour. It's time to take a break. We're back for hour number two. On the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it. But make sure you join us live at WIBC.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in central Indiana for the Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7.
A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIPC. And welcome back for hour number two of the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. I'm Guy Relford. And in hour number one, I was talking about why it is I'm so passionate and frankly so angry over what's going on in the Marion County mayor's race, the Marion County slash Indianapolis mayor's race. It may sound weird for me to say county mayor's race, but we have what's called Unigov in Marion County, which is the city and the county are essentially one governmental unit. That's why you call it the Indianapolis Marion County City County Council. And and by the way, I was I had a uh, I had a hearing this past week on Wednesday, and it was all the way down in Ripley County, and the county seat is uh, Versailles, Indiana. And if you're if you're listening to me say Versailles, and you're familiar with geography much, you may you may be rolling your eyes, going, "Well, no, you idiot! It's pronounced Versailles." And in fact, literally right at forty years ago, I I I, I thought the same thing. And my very first hearing, very first time I got to stand up on my own two feet as a brand new rookie lawyer. Uh, back in 1983, so literally right at 40 years ago, was in the Ripley County Circuit Court. And I I got to go down there to argue a motion. And I'm probably the only one in the history of the universe who's ever been stupid enough to get lost in Ripley County, but I got turned around, obviously, you know, a few decades, if not generations, (laughs) before GPS. And I was a little late getting to the courthouse, and I, I came rushing in, and it was the summertime, and I was all sweaty and nervous. And the, the lawyer for the other side was already there. He's a local guy, and the judge was on the bench. And so I'm late. I'm embarrassed. I'm apologizing. And I said, Your Honor, I'm so sorry. I, 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 it's my first time to Versailles, and I, and I got a little turned around. And the judge looked at me, and he said, Son, Versailles is in France. You're in Ripley County. And I didn't know exactly what that meant, but on the way out, I had one of the court personnel, the bailiff, say, ah, it's for sales. So, yes, it's for sales. But but I got to tell you, on the way back, and this is actually, it was only two or three days ago. It was before I even heard about this controversy over the Jason Aldean song that we've been playing as bumper music. You know, try that in a small town. But I got to tell you, on the drive back, I mean, on the way down there, I was thinking about the hearing. I was thinking about what I was going to say. I was thinking about my court case. There's a, a case down there I really ought to win for my client, and 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 uh, it was this was just a pretrial conference, but still, there was important things I had to think about on the way back. Though you know, hearings over, I, I'm just driving back, and 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 the and the drive to Ripley County to Versailles, you essentially go out 74 to Greensburg, and then you you get to 231, and then you wind around really on which is pretty much a for the most part either going through small towns or you're out on a two-lane uh, blacktop road. 
and it's a perfectly fine road. It was actually kind of a nice drive, but you're going through these little towns. And man, I kept thinking, and again, this is kind of ironic because it was before this Jason Aldean thing, before, before I even knew about it. And I, and I was looking at these little towns. I mean, there was one little town called Osgood. And I'm driving through, and like, they every every business, every home, every everything, every everybody had an American flag out on their house. Every single one of them. And the, and the businesses, a lot of them didn't even just have flags. They had, the, what do they call it, bunting? You know, the red, white, and blue banners that they had hanging on the front of their buildings. And and just the, I don't know, the... the the bumper stickers and the and the signs and windows, you know, and they, and they were still a lot up from the 4th of July. And a pickup truck passed me as I was going through Osgood, and, and there's this big sticker, you know, stencil-like thing in the back window of this pickup truck, and it said, it said, dirty hands, clean money. And I loved that. I've never seen that saying before. And I just, and I had this thought, and I thought, you know, all this, controversy going on you know i've been fighting these battles on social media and i've and again i'll talk more about my back and forth with the brilliant strategist for jefferson shreve this guy named mark lubbers and i'm going you know somebody in this town right here would think we're all nuts in indianapolis they would look at what's going on like i'm sorry some politician's going to tell me what gun i can have some politician's going to say my 19, 20-year-old who just got back from military service can't go buy his own gun? What are you talking about? This is You guys are from another planet. We're talking about blaming law-abiding citizens for crime? You're living in a county, one county, that now it's, it's not even newsworthy when we have 200 murders in a year. Now, yeah, there's a whole bunch of people here, but still. I mean, I just, I literally started thinking about these people in this town. Yeah, it's an hour and a half from Indy. Well, it's an hour and a half from from my office in Carmel, so a little over an hour from Indy. It might as well have been another planet. Those people in that little town would have thought we're, comp- I'm sure they do, think we're comp- just nuts. And I just, I had that, re- it was so funny that all this broke and even this, Having had that, and I even said that to my wife when I got home, not even, not knowing anything about Jason Aldean or this controversy over his song. But I thought, what's going on in, in Marion County politics right now just seem, must seem like a complete foreign language. These much more rational, much more logical people living in this small town. But he, But here's a fact that you may not know that may explain a lot. And what happened is after this quote-unquote chief strategist Mark Lovers came after me on social media. Well, and in fairness, I responded when 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 they had this article in on this blog in Portonville or whatever, and he talked about me preaching my gun religion from the gated communities of Carmel. I responded on last week's show. And I never heard of the guy before. I had no idea. And it turns out, talking to my peop- my, my folks that I know, that have long history in Indiana politics, they all knew who he was. Like, oh yeah, he's he's run a bunch of campaigns and and yeah, he's a you know, he's a inside political guy here in, in Indiana. I'm like, okay. But I was a little surprised that a, a Republican and a guy running as a strategist a Republican campaign would would come after me as a two way guy. That just that felt weird to me. And then I post this tweet 
that says, look, here's a guy who was supporting Jefferson Shreve, had his sign. I did not know at the time, but it turns out, as I mentioned earlier on, it was a sign he got at the victory celebration when Shreve won the primary. This guy showed up. He took his own time to go to the victory celebration for Jefferson Shreve at Hotel Tango in Fountain Square. And he got a sign and he took it home. And he's all in on Jefferson Shreve. Yes, we're going to get Joe Hogsett out of here. Then he hears the gun control proposals from Shreve, tears up the sign, takes a picture, sends it to Hammer and Nigel. I retweet it. So Mark Lubber, street chief strategist, comes after me and says, oh, that was, that was just a business card. Just like everything here, you're exaggerating. I'm like, well, hold on. That's odd. First of all, it's obviously wrong because the picture was taken, the signs, torn up signs on a guy's hardwood floor. It takes up like six slats of his hardwood floor. That's a business. But what difference does it make? But then I, so I just click on his name because there was no picture. And I, and I was actually concerned that it was a, some kind of a troll fake account. I thought, oh my gosh, if I'm going back and forth with this guy and it's not even the real Mark Lovers, I'm going to feel like an idiot. So I went to his account. And it's, it's kind of odd because there's like no profile picture. But if you look at his posts, he doesn't post very much. He posts three or four times, tweets, whatever word you want to use, a year. I mean, literally, not very much at all. But one of his most recent tweets was bragging about a campaign commercial that he did for Richard Luger when Richard Luger was senator, state of Indiana. And he said, this is one of my favorite commercials I ever did for Richard Luger. And it was Richard Luger explaining in this campaign commercial why he voted for an assault weapon ban when he was a United States senator. And that was right there on the very first page. I didn't even have to scroll. And I went, hold on. This guy is not only chief strategist for the Jefferson Shreve campaign, he was the campaign manager. Because I, I went and Googled it. I Googled uh, um, um, uh, Richard Luger and Mark Lubbers came up. A bunch of interviews, quotes. He was campaign manager, longtime campaign manager for Luger. Luger was in the U.S. Senate as a senator from Indiana for over 30 years. Who's his campaign manager? Mark Lubbers. And I immediately went back on my own institutional memory as a longtime Indiana guy, a, long, a guy who's long been focused on Indiana politics and along been focused on Second Amendment. Richard Luger was respected and loved by a lot of Hoosiers. You know why he got beat in a Republican primary? He got beat by a guy named Richard Murdoch. Murdoch later, later melted down in his general election against Joe Donnelly and had a horrible quote about rape pregnancies that would, it was a huge political gaffe that we still talk about here in Indiana, and he ended up getting beat by Joe Donnelly. It's how we ended up with a Democrat senator instead of Dick Luger. But do you know why Murdoch beat Luger? Well, this is beloved, respected, longtime senator from Indiana. A lot of people respected him on a personal level, professional level. But Richard, yes, Richard Luger did vote for an assault weapon ban in 1994. And Mark Lubbers at the time was his campaign manager and is proud of the anti-Second Amendment commercial he had Richard Luger do and put it on his Twitter feed. 
And there's this whole discussion of how they had to take on the NRA and they were going to beat the NRA. And this is a Republican. And what happened when the NRA, on the heels of all of this, now, in fairness, Richard Luger got reelected more than once after he voted for an assault up in ban. But eventually, NRA came out and gave him an F rating. My recollection is, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, first time ever a Republican senator had gotten an F, F as in Frank, rating from NRA. And NRA endorsed Richard Murdoch, his primary opponent, and a 30-plus year incumbent as a Indiana U.S. senator got beat in the primary because of his anti-Second Amendment views and because the NRA gave him an F rating and endorsed his opponent, and Hoosiers were sick of the anti-Second Amendment rhetoric, anti-Second Amendment votes, including going back to 94 and the assault open vote, and finally said, enough is enough, we love you, you're Indiana's native son, but we're we're not sending you back to the U.S. Senate with that kind of anti-Second Amendment history and voting record. And Richard Murdoch won the primary. Very specifically for that reason, look it up, Google it. And Luger said as much himself. So then was the aha moment. Hold on. We have, in the, in the case of Richard Luger, not only a viable but successful, long-time successful Indiana politician whose career gets run into the dirt and who loses an election he ought to won a primary from an incumbent? How often does that happen? He did it because he attacked the Second Amendment. And who was his advisor? Who was running his campaign? Who was whispering his in his ear on those issues? Mark Lubbers. And now a Republican candidate for mayor who you would expect to support the Second Amendment, who you would, so you would expect to try to distinguish himself from Joe Hogsett, and say, oh, no, Hogsett is blaming law-abiding citizens when we ought to be focused on the criminals instead. Oh, no, he buys in. He's, he's blaming the Second Amendment. He's blaming guns. He's blaming your constitutional right to possess a firearm in Marion County for the crime in Marion County. He's blaming the Second Amendment. He's taking on the NRA, quote-unquote. And that was that was exactly what they said in this Importantville article. What's the common denominator? What explains the idiocy of that? It is a, an exact replay of what Mark Lubbers, chief strategist for Jefferson Shreve, did to Richard Luger's career, and in fact ended his political career by apparently talking him into opposing the Second Amendment. That's what killed Richard Luger's career in the Senate. And for some reason, I'd love to hear an answer to this question, Rob Kendall, you listening? Why on God's earth, when a guy just ended the the political career of one of the most beloved politicians in Indiana history, what makes you think that's a good decision to have him bring in, have to bring him in, and run your campaign, Jefferson Shreve? And when he says, "I know the way to get you elected is to oppose the Second Amendment," and maybe Jefferson Shreve's a lot younger than I am, a lot younger than Mark Lubbers is. Maybe Jefferson Shreve doesn't have any idea. I don't know. But wouldn't you love to say, gosh, Jefferson Shreve, did you ask your advisor who's leading you down this road 
that maybe it's not a very good idea because, oh, say, it was the death knell for Richard Luger's political career? That seems like that would be a logical question. Interesting fact. You heard it here first. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WYBC. Now you've got a gun guy. Guy Relford on 93 WIPC. Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And you're listening to Jason Aldean and his song, which is right now number one. Number one country song in the country. But it's getting yanked from from, t- from radio stations, I should say, uh, for being quote-unquote racist and provo- uh, promoting vigi- vigilanteism or and, and violence. Uh, I'm going to talk more about that here in just a bit, but let's wrap up the discussion on Indy Mayer's race. And and listen, um, I could easily see somebody thinking oh, I'm I'm talking too much about this, but here's why it's a big deal to me. And as I don't think we we can we can forgive a Republican candidate who not so long ago, by the way, when he ran for Indiana State Senate in 2016, filled out a questionnaire for the NRA, and he answered all the right questions. But he would fight against an assault weapon ban. Yeah, he'd support constitutional care. And I don't know, listen, I didn't see the questionnaire. They don't send it to me before they send it back to the NRA. But he had to have said all the right things to NRA because he earned it, what's called an AQ rating. What's that? It's where it's an A, but it's qualified based on the fact that he doesn't have an actual voting record. It's just based on his word, how he tells you he's going to vote. And what he tells you his views are and his beliefs are. And it was obvious to me that Jefferson Shreve answered that questionnaire when he was running for Indiana State Senate because he thought that was the best way for him to answer that in order to get elected. And he didn't get elected. He got beat by, my memory is, um, Senator Jack Sandlin, the incumbent. And Jack's a good guy. And we haven't always agreed on everything, but but he, he absolutely is a, is a great guy. He's a quality human being, and I consider him a friend. And Jack, as incumbent, won that election, and I'm glad Jack is still in the Indiana Senate, and he's done great things there. So Jefferson Shreve said what he felt like he needed to say in that election. didn't quite work out. Then he goes through... The primary, once he announces his candidacy for Indy mayor, and strangely enough, as he's going through the primary, he doesn't say a word about gun control when he still has to win a primary against other Republican candidates. And by the way, look, he's got a lot of money. He, he was running a lot of commercials, certainly a lot more money than the other candidates, including our own beloved Abdul Hakim Shabazz. So maybe maybe he could have still pulled it out, but I personally guess that if he would have announced, and this is no in my no doubt in my mind intentional, if he would have announced his anti Second Amendment gun control policies before the Republican primary, you think he still would have won the Republican primary, or would that have allowed other candidates, including Abdul, to come out and go, hold on, this guy's a Republican, 
and he's stabbing us in the back on the Second Amendment? What the hell? This guy's a Republican, and he's talking about a so-called Sullivan ban? But in this case, he didn't say what he felt like he shouldn't say. Why? In order to win an election. Now he's got the Republican nomination. Now he's got to beat Joe Hogsett. He's already on record with the NRA as having answered questions all the right way. Oh, yeah, I'm a big supporter of the Second Amendment. He hasn't said a word through the Republican primary, but then what's he do? He does what he feels like he needs to do to win an election. He stabs us in the back on the Second Amendment. Because he's looking at it and he's going, well, you know, Indianapolis, they've got more Democrats than Republicans, so I need to get some Democrats to vote for me. How can I do that? I know. I'll essentially become a Democrat when it comes to gun control. The failing in that theory is that if you already like Joe Hogg's gun control policies, why would you switch your vote from Joe Hogg's to vote for Jefferson Shreve? What, you like the same policies coming out of this guy's mouth more than the other guy's mouth? Somebody you've already voted for a couple of times? How's that work? No, I'll go ahead and vote Republican, even though I've been voting Democrat consistently forever, because he's out there pushing the same policies as the, as the Democrat I've already voted for. What? If you like Joe Hogg's gun control policies, you're going to vote for Joe Hogg's. And the fact that the other guy with an R before his name happens to come out and, and copycat the whole damn thing doesn't make you want to switch your vote. In the meantime, Jefferson's base of Republicans are pissed, angry, mad. And while his strategist thinks it's somehow important to debate whether it was a business card or a campaign sign, it was a campaign sign, and he was dead wrong on that point, he's missing the entire big picture, which is that people are pissed, people are angry, and they're voicing it. So that leaves us with a big quandary. Again, I don't vote in Marion County. I don't live in Marion County. But for those of you who do, you're thinking, wow, it's sure like for Joe Hogshead to get beat. Believe me, nothing I'd like greater when it comes to Indiana politics. Having said that, Jefferson Shreve is toast. He's done. He's lost so much of his base. And he's given no reason for any undecided or Democrat voters to shift away from Joe Hogsett. So he's done. So what should our objective be at this point? What I strongly advocate and believe is the best course of action is send a message, not just to Jefferson Shreve and his idiot advisor, Mark Lubbers, is that no, a Republican attacking the Second Amendment in Indiana will not stand. It is not okay. It is not acceptable to us. It is not a winning strategy. And I'll steal a quote. Somebody posted on my social media. It was Facebook. And he said, I hope, even though I despise Joe Hogsett, I would like nothing better than see him beaten. I hope Joe Hogsett wins this election, and this is a great quote, by Saddam-like percentages. Right? What's that a reference to? Well, like the the, the elections, quote unquote, in in Iraq before Saddam was deposed some time ago. And I got to tell you, I agree 100%. I hope it's ugly. I hope it's brutal. 
I hope Jefferson Shreve loses by the greatest percentage in the history of any any mayoral election in the history of elections. Why? Because I want that message sent, not just to Jefferson Shreve, not just to his idiot staff, but to other Republicans who say the, the way to win an election in Indiana, I don't care, Marion County, anywhere else, is to stab us in the back on the Second Amendment? Oh, hell no. The answer is, oh, hell no. So go go to the polls. You got other you, you want to vote on or other offices, whatever it might be. Do a write-in vote. I've been saying write in Abdul. Write in me. I I'm I'm totally ineligible. I can't be mayor in Marion County. But it you know what? They know what I'm saying about their campaign. You, they see however many votes, write in votes for Guy Relford, they'll know exactly what your message is. Because I've become a chief antagonist for these people. Make a protest vote. Save the trip. God, listen to me, man. I vote. I vote every election. I I don't care what's going on. I will show up. I will vote. But do not vote for Jefferson Shreve. His campaign is toast. It has imploded worse, worse than a defective submersible on the way to the Titanic. Do not vote for this guy. And I'll be repeating that message between now and November. We're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it. But make sure you join us live at WIBC.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in central Indiana for the Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7. He's a Second Amendment attorney. He's an NRA certified firearms instructor. He's the gun guy. Guy Ralford on 93 WIPC. Suck upon somebody on a sidewalk. Carjacking old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool? And welcome back. I'm Guy Ralford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. So we're using his bumper music, as I've mentioned, Jason Aldean's number one song on the uh, country charts, I think, as they say. Um, At the same time, it's been pulled from CMT, Country Music Television. I used to say Country Music Television, CMT, is like the MTV of country, but I don't think they actually play music on MTV anymore, which is odd to me. Um, I don't know. I haven't tried to watch. I remember, oh, man, when MTV first came out, and it's the first time we'd ever seen music videos. That was crazy. And they were just god-awful by today's standards, but it was just all of a sudden you can see your artist performing a song. You're not just listening to it. And they started doing all kinds of funky graphics and 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 whatnot. And 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 it was just it was fascinating to me. So I was obviously very young. Uh I don't know exactly when that came out. I would guess it was probably early 70s, if I had to guess. No, uh, MTV is an like a 1980, 1981. Is it 80 thing? Yeah, not okay. 70s. All right. Uh, maybe I wasn't as young as I thought. But at any rate, CMT, you know, they play uh, music and they do their top whatever countdown. Um, again, I don't watch CMT, but they're, they're not playing. Jason Aldean's song, uh, Try That in a Small Town. And, and there are those out there, a lot of people out there. Social media is just uh, replete. I mean, go on there uh, on Twitter and do hashtag try that in a small town. 
you'll get some tweets from me because I've commented on this. And, um, and, and people are upset. But why are they upset? I mean, the, first of all, as you've heard from some of the lyrics, I mean, I think the most important lyrics are right at the, stop, right at the start of the show. Because then there's kind of a lot of repetition and whatnot. The idea is, you know, do something really horrible and violent, like sucker punch somebody on the sidewalk. I mean, and again, you've seen that video. Again, an elderly Asian lady in New York was a big, strong guy walks up and sucker punches her, just knocks her unconscious. She hits the sidewalk hard. And, uh, you know, carjack an old lady at a stoplight. I mean, he's saying there are certain things we won't tolerate in a small town. Small town America, you can't get by with those things. And I think what, what, what set a lot of people off is that is the video came out. I mean, again, the song's been out since May, so, and, and the video's been out for quite some time. For some reason, people are just now are, are deciding they want to be upset about it. But there's a video um, where, in the background, they're playing a lot of, 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 of scenes from riots and, and people getting beaten. Um, there, but it's not just riots. It's not just protests. Where again, that are violent, destructive. He also shows robberies. Guy comes in a, a store, sh- a, a, a shop with a gun out, hops the the counter and pointing a gun at the owner. And 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 the whole tenor is: Look, in a small town, we take care of ourselves. We don't let this happen. We will take this upon ourselves to keep our community safe. And that's the message. And I, and I have a hard time saying that promotes violence. It's not promoting violence. It's saying we stand up to violence. We will take it upon ourselves to stop violence. That's not violent. It's the antithesis of violence. It's saying we'll do what we what it takes. And, and at the end of the day, that's what the Second Amendment's all about. That's why I identify with this. And listen, we're at the three-quarter hour, a short segment. We're gonna go ahead and take a break. I'll wrap up the show, giving you the rest of my shop, my 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 thoughts, I should say, about this song and why I don't think it's remotely racist. And I don't think it promotes violence. And I think this is the cancel culture deciding they want to be offended. Uh, by something that is just not offensive and is certainly not racist. Listen, if I thought it was remotely racist, I'd be condemning it in the strongest possible terms. It's just flat not. And I'll explain why when we come back. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Second to none on the Second Amendment. This is The Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIBC. segment here of the Gun Guy Show on 93 WYBC. Well, listen, here's, here are my views on this song. And listen, I always have to be very mindful. I remind myself of this all the time. Like, I'm a middle-aged white guy, right? I, I've never walked in the shoes of anyone who's really experienced real racism. And obviously, I mean, it's going to be the most obvious thing I've ever said. Racism does exist in this country. And some people have, have suffered horribly because of racism. And I don't minimize that in any way, shape, or form. And there, and there may be things out there that are racist that I don't recognize as racist because they're not directed at me. And, and I always have to remind myself of that. However, having done that and looked hard at it, I can't come up with anything racist about this guy's song. That is, Try That in a Small Town by Jason Aldean. He's saying... People out there committing these crimes, 
you don't come to a small town because we protect our community. You don't come here and try to commit those crimes. We won't let you. And yes, there's a reference indirectly to the Second Amendment where he says, I got a gun that my grandpa gave me, meaning I am equipped, I am ready, I am prepared to prevent violent crime in my community. And listen, the Supreme Court has said, cops have no duty to defend you. None. A cop can watch you get murdered on the street and you can't sue him. The school resource officer that hid behind his car during the Parkland school shooting, he was sued. Courts threw it out. You can't sue him. He had no duty to run in there and save those kids. Kids were on their own. Teachers were on their own. You and I are on our own. Doesn't mean there aren't brave police officers out there ready and willing to, to help us. Of course there are, but they can't be everywhere. And so the song is just saying, we'll protect our own here in this small town. People say, well, that's directed at minorities. Hold on. First of all, the, the video where it shows riots and whatnot, from the from the, the videos, the portions of the video that I saw, I saw more white people protesting, tearing down U.S. flags, burning the U.S. flags. When you watch the Antifa protests and whatnot, it was more white people than black people I saw in a lot of those protests. And that's exactly what the video shows. It's not directed at any particular minority. And they don't highlight minorities in the video. And then to say, well, you know, you're talking about you're going to prevent these crimes. Oh, I'm sorry. I have a news flash for you. And this is what, exactly what I said to somebody on Twitter. Well, it's racist because um, you're saying, you know, you're going to, you're going to prevent people from you know committing these acts and 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 that and and you're directing that at minorities and I said hold on, it's the the song starts out. If you sucker if you sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, if you carjack an old lady at a liquor store, excuse me, carjack an old lady at a stoplight, if you pull a gun on a man in a liquor store, are you telling me you think only minorities commit those crimes? Because if that's what you're telling me, you're telling me that's directed at minorities. Because only minorities commit those crimes, so we must be talking about minorities, and that's why it's racist? I have a newsflash for you. You're racist. You are the racist. Nobody in their right mind would say only minorities commit those crimes. Of course not. Don't, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. They're saying, we will stand up and defend our community. And guess what? They are prepared and they're willing to do it. And at the end of the day, there is a connection here. And I thought about this the very first time I was reading about this controversy. The community is saying, we will stand up and we will protect ourselves in a small town. In a lot of ways, in a small town, it's also because they have the capacity to do it. And what's happening more and more and more in the bigger towns and the larger cities? What's going on in them? We're experiencing exactly what we're talking about here in the Indy Mayor's race, which is they're taking our rights away from us to protect us from defending our own lives and our own community. That's the point. Sky Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. We appreciate it. But make sure you join us live at WIBC.com to stream or at 93.1 FM in Central Indiana for The Gun Guy Show every Saturday, 5 to 7.